Welcome to today's episode where I'm going to be sharing with you four things that are destroying the success in your wellness journey and possibly even destroying the success of your business. Stay tuned as we dive into these muddy waters and clear them up for you on today's episode. Here at the Optimal CEO Podcast, we help CEO entrepreneurs who love taking ownership of their wellness journey because they know it's their most prized investment. And when their state of wellness is at its peak, their income soars. We want to help relieve CEO entrepreneurs from the pressure of unnecessary health exposure so they can be highly focused on growing their business and physically optimized for the journey so they can enjoy getting there. Thanks for joining me today. Those of you who've been following me for some time know that I used to practice psychiatry before I reskilled and transitioned to doing functional and integrative medicine. Uh, my days in psychiatric practice served me well. Uh, it made me a keen observer of human behavior patterns. It's something that uh, years of training and practice instilled in me and something that's difficult to turn off. Uh, quite frankly, it's just automatic. After moving into functional and integrative medicine, uh, I prided myself on not practicing psychiatry only to realize two, two years later uh, that I hadn't really quit practicing psychiatry. Um, it was that automatic piece that you just couldn't turn off. As time has passed, uh, I have identified some major hangups that hold people back in their wellness journey and business. And if I'm being completely transparent, uh, these four hangups also come from many hours of personal self-reflection in my own journey. Uh, not ironically, many of my CEO, entrepreneur, personality, tight patients, uh, uh, very successful in their own rights, have also been held back in their businesses because of these same four things. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, they're successful, very successful, but what I'm talking about is next level success, breaking through that imaginary glass ceiling and going above and beyond in their businesses where they are right now. Uh, going to a level that literally quadruples the impact that they have in their current business. So today, as we get started, I'm going to need to be totally and brutally honest with you. So hold on to your hat because we're about to take a whirlwind journey. Now, I can give you a little hint. It has nothing to do with the latest and greatest uh, product or service, marketing tools, software, or, or, or whatever gadget uh, you need to make your life easier. It has everything to do with the six inch space between your ears. Uh, let me explain uh, and, and know that these four things that I've discovered when you overcome them will absolutely propel your health and business to the next level. Now, the number one thing holding you back is you don't understand your purpose. 
In other words, you don't understand why you get out of bed in the morning. That's way more simple than, well, I've got to pay the bills. I've got to keep a roof over our head. I've got to keep my, keep my kids in private school, uh, whatever that is. No, it's, it's, a, it's a big why, your big purpose. Now, globally, um, there are a lot of companies out there that help you define your purpose, your why. Uh, I had the distinct pleasure of going through a process a couple of years ago when I was working on my, my personal, personal branding and my business branding. And those are two separate things, by the way. I uh, worked with a group of psychologists out of the UK. And uh, it was a very intensive process where they do deep dive into your story from your earliest memories to present. And from that, they're able to, through an interview, a, a very detailed interview process, pull out everything that they need to psychologically understand you and who you are as a brand so that you can, in a, in a visual form, uh, resonate that with other people. Uh, so in, in that process, I was able to develop a global purpose statement. And my purpose statement is to understand others and meet their needs with grace so that they're shown unconditional love that inspires them to find their voice. You see, globally, me personally, I'm all about people finding their voice. This podcast is a representation of that. Uh, my personal uh, concierge medical practice is a manifestation of that. Um, I want people to be well-educated, well-informed. I want them to have options. I never, ever, ever tell somebody you need to do this or you have to do this. I always present them with options and, and traditional and non-traditional and let them make the decision. That's all about them finding their voice. This podcast uh, episode today is about you finding your voice so that you understand the things that are hanging you up and you can start to give that voice and you can kind of start processing that. So globally, my purpose is to help other people find their voice. You have to develop your purpose and understand globally where you're going. But on a, on a micro level, at the, at the very smallest level, you need to understand why you get out of bed in the morning. Uh, now, I will tell you a story from, you know, when I was 390 pounds and I was, um, I was startled awake from a dead sleep. And I had just had a dream that, um, and it was so clear. It was like it was real, like I was living it. I had a dream that uh, other men were walking my daughter's down the aisle at their wedding on their respective wedding days. They're three years apart, but um, there were two separate events, obviously, in this in this dream, in this vision, and there were there was another man walking them down the aisle, and then it it's like it went in reverse. From there, it was their college graduation, and everyone was there but me, and it reversed again back to their high school graduation, and everyone there was there but me, and. Um, that, that, that startled me so much, it scared me so much that uh, I woke up out of a dead sleep and I heard this voice in my head, if I don't do something about this now, that will become my reality. Uh, so at that point, my why became uh, watching my daughters graduate high school, watching my daughters graduate college and walking them down the aisle. Uh, I remember when my, uh, my oldest daughter got married, um, and I'm about to, uh, and she was the first to, to get married. Uh, we're in the uh, father bride room waiting 
uh, for the procession, uh, the, the, the wedding party to march down and, and we're waiting in this little room, just me and her. And I go into the ugly cry. And it was this realization that I had overcome those obstacles that were presented to me in that dream. And my why had gotten me that far. I had lost the weight. I had gotten healthier. I was healthier then and, and, and am now than I was in my 20s. And it sustained me. Now that my girls are out on their own, they're both married. They're, 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 they both have wonderful husbands. Um, I have to find a new why. So those of you guys who do know me personally, you probably know that I have a granddaughter that's just over a year old. And that little kid, uh, that little bundle of joy that has me wrapped around her finger is my why. Because I don't want to be the grandfather who says, um, no, I can't go hike the Grand Canyon with you because uh, my knees hurt or my back hurts or I'm too overweight. I don't want to be that person. If she says, I want to go camping, I want to go to the Grand Canyon, I want to fly to Europe and, and, and go see Paris and Rome, then you better believe I'm going to be the one that's right there with her taking every step every single day. That is my why. And that's what I'm talking about, those things that get you out of the bed. So don't let not knowing your purpose hold you back. That's the number one thing. The number two thing holding you back is, uh, it's a bit of a mouthful, is being a slave to cognitive bias. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, cognitive bias is defined as ultimately what drives your opinion is that which we first learn. Now, I know you may be scratching your head and saying, huh, uh, I, I don't understand anything you just told me, Brian. Uh, well, let me break it down. Uh, you've got some old ways of thinking um, and old ways of doing things that need to be abandoned. Uh, you need to adopt a new way of thinking. You need to read more. If, you're, if you own your own business, you should read every sales and marketing and copywriting book you can get your hands on. Uh, you need to be a perpetual student. Uh, you need to read every biography, every autobiography you can get your hands on. And, and hear me when I say this, don't just listen or read everything that supports your own way of thinking and your own agenda. You need to read things that go against your thinking. You need to challenge yourself to enter into conversations that challenge why you believe what you believe. Because I can tell you from experience, it solidifies within you why you believe what you believe when you hear other people's opinions coming against your point of view. It's, it's critically important to be a perpetual student. And now let me give you an example uh, from my own personal journey of cognitive bias. Um, I, that I, I have a 16 year journey with depression and nine different antidepressants. That was born out of my own training. You see, my depression started in graduate school, um, and I had a near suicide attempt uh, that uh, you know I was able to thank God pull pull back from, and I thank God for that. And uh, but I ended up on Prozac. That was my very first antidepressant, and uh, very momentarily it changed my life. But then it just kind of petered out. And one after antidepressant after another had the same effect. And then one day I was seeing a client in the office. Uh, I was currently practicing at that point. And, um, you know, just following suit with my traditional training um, and been working with this client for three years. 
and I realized that I had done nothing for this patient. The medications I had prescribed had done nothing for this patient. And I asked her, uh, I said, are you any different today, any better today than you were three years ago? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to be. And um, so why do you keep coming back here? And she says, I uh, like talking to you. Uh, it lifts me up. And I had to take a step back and, and, and realize that, oh my gosh, she's not the only one. There are multiple patients. But then, you know, my traditional training kicked in and I, and I re recalled from my training that there are certain percentage of, of patients, of clients that take antidepressants that just will not respond no matter what you do. And then time passed and, and I went back to that ledge. I kept coming back to that ledge of believing that, or, or this epiphany that what I'd been trained in was not working. And then one day it dawned on me, oh my gosh, what I'd done for myself, I'd taken my own medicine literally and figuratively uh, and it had not worked. And that was the beginning of the end for traditional practice for me. Uh, that was uh, when I began my journey of transitioning into what I do today. And, um, but I had to be able to lay down the cognitive biases of the things I'd been taught. Uh, I, and, and, and if you know a little bit about my story, you know that I was a company man. Uh, what I mean by that is I spoke for pharmaceutical companies. I believed so much in what they, they did and the products that they produced that I spoke for them. I, I received as much as 40% of my annual income speaking for pharmaceutical companies uh, for a few years while I was in private practice. And I mean, that, that should tell you how serious I was about being bought into the cognitive bias that I'd been taught and, and my training. But the bottom line was it wasn't working and I had to be able to lay that cognitive bias down and I had to be able to start challenging myself by looking outside the box that I had been trained in, uh, going outside that cognitive bias. And uh, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest is history. That's the rest of the story. So um, don't let cognitive bias enslave you and hold you back. That's the number two. The number three thing holding you back is, and this is a big one, we're going to spend some time here, you don't understand your value or the value of what you have to offer. And a little hint here, I'm not talking about your products or services if you're a business owner. I'm talking about what you can offer this world, the worth you project into the world. Um, Another, another story I'm going to tell you really quickly, because I think it applies here, is when I was losing all my weight, um, I was 390 pounds, you know, I was steady losing weight. Um, I went through these stages where I would not buy new clothes. Uh, I always had this fear of regaining the weight. So I would just wear the old big clothes and I would cinch my pants up and they would look horrible. And I would just wear an untucked shirt, which would be two sizes too big. And it would also look horrible because it's two sizes too big. I didn't place enough value in myself to believe that I wasn't going back to that 390 pound life. Um, I didn't understand my worth. I didn't understand what I, I had to offer this world. Even though I had my why, I still didn't understand my value. So I, uh, the, I guess the, the question I have for you is why do we keep, why do you keep wearing clothes 
that you have no business wearing. You're wearing clothes from generations ago. Uh, you probably have clothes in your closet that are from 10, 15 years ago. Those need to leave. You need to get those in your past out of your life and move on. You are a new person now. You're a new creation now and you need to move forward. You see, we can't choose the season that we're in, but we can choose our attitude and how we respond to the season that we're in. Um, you're, in understanding your value, let's expound on that just a little bit. You are not a commodity. Now, what do I mean by a commodity? A commodity is, uh, let's say, a pack of bubblegum. Uh, you can go into store A and store B, C, D through Z and pay the exact same price for that pack of bubblegum. That's a commodity. Commodities always compete on pricing. Things that aren't commodities, things that are rare, compete on their uniqueness. You are unique. You're not a commodity. You are gifted with abilities, talents, skills, and personality that makes you uniquely you. No one else can be you. And hear me when I say that. No one else can be you. They can try to imitate you, but they cannot be you. If they try to imitate you, they are human doings, not human beings, and they're not being true to themselves. They don't understand their value. Stop imitating others and stop worrying about people imitating you. You need to be yourself. And, and when you grasp the concept that you are uniquely created, beautifully and wonderfully made to make a specific impact with a specific group or tribe of people, then you naturally transition to understanding that you have to be a product of the product. You have to be a product of your own uniqueness. Being you can be 100% cerebral taking place only in your head. But until you allow it to shine and radiate outwards, you will still be in prison to mediocrity. You are the product. The brand is you. You are what people buy. If you project value at a 10 cent value, like a 10 cent piece of candy, Guess how big your business will be. Guess how big, if you don't own your business, guess how big your impact will be. If you project the value of yourself as the rarest diamond or the rarest precious metal on this planet, guess how big your business or your impact will be. You see, I used to struggle with just me-itis. Just me-itis. You know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's that negative self-talk. Uh, I'll, I'll give, my, give an example from, from my life. Uh, that just me-itis statement would sound something like this. I'm just a little old country boy from Mississippi who grew up poor and somehow stumbled into a successful business. Why me? Why do I deserve to be here? Shouldn't it be somebody else? overwhelming answer is no, it should never be anyone else. It's all you, uniquely you. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't, no one else will. Stop trading yourself at commodity prices. You are a rare and precious gem. You are a rare and precious metal. Embrace it.
stop wallowing in just meitis. And when that thing rears its ugly head, play whack-a-mole with it and beat it down quickly. And let me finish with this. Don't make the mistake uh, and believe this is just about you. Because guess what? It's, it's not. It's far from it. Um, it's not about you or how much money you can make or how big your business can be. It's about you loving the people you serve so much that you give them the best product they could ever have in their hands. And that best product is you. So get this, pay close attention. So you can make an impact in their life and make them, I repeat, make them a product of the product. Do you see the difference? You have to know your value in order to create value in others. It's all about changing their life, nothing else. When you focus on this, your wellness will improve from the inside out and your business or your impact or all three will naturally grow. You are only the conduit for the other person, the people in your tribe, the people in your sphere of influence. You're only the conduit for them finding their value. Pour yourself into others and watch the growth that occurs in your life. All right, last one. Number four thing holding you back. Drum roll, please. You need to stop outsourcing your responsibility. This is a hot button for me because I'm huge on taking responsibility. You outsource your responsibility in two places, people and circumstances. We need to stop this madness now. We live in a time where you can pop something into a microwave and poof, 30 seconds later, you have whatever it is you want. We are impatient. We also live in a time where few people accept responsibility for anything. Let me give you an example. We are currently into our third generation of health consumers who have outsourced their responsibility to a broken medical system, expecting the next latest and greatest magic bullet to make them feel at ease in their dis-ease. Did you get that? They want the latest and greatest magic bullet to make them feel at ease in their dis-ease, their disease. I think one of the things that gets people hung up on outsourcing their responsibility and making them emotionally worn out is they focus on too much negativity that is truly beyond their control. Let me explain. The technique that I'm about to share with you, I learned from a mentor of mine, Dr. Andrew Wheel. You need to go on a media diet. That's a media, M-E-D-I-A diet. Let me explain. It's really simple. Stop listening to, reading, or watching news of any kind. Now I know that flies in the face of everything you've been taught about being a responsible adult, but it works. And it just so happens I've been on a media diet for about eight years now, and guess what? I'm better because of it. So my challenge to you is this. For one year, Stop listening to all the news, stop watching all the news, and stop reading all the news. If you do this, you can trust me on two things. Number one, if it's important enough, if it's headline news, you'll hear about it in your day-to-day -day life. And number two, you can't get the mess in your own life straight. Why do you want to add more mess into your mind that you can't do anything about? There's no honor in that. 
some of you are, are in toxic relationships and you make it the reason you're being held back in your wellness journey, in your business, whatever it is. Guess what? You just outsource to that person all of your power, all of your control, and you outsourced your responsibility to them. Some of you are sitting there and saying things like, well, I could never walk down the path that you've walked down, Dr. Brown. You're a doctor. You've got all this knowledge. You've got all these resources, blah, blah, blah. Stop it. You're never going to be like me. I'm never going to be like you. I've already said you're unique. Your journey is unique. But guess what? If you use those as excuses, you've outsourced your responsibility to that other person or that circumstance. Or I'm just not good enough. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. Stop outsourcing your responsibility. Start taking ownership of your life in every area and you will win. Well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, but more importantly, I hope you've been challenged and maybe even been shaken or made to be a little uncomfortable. Uh, take action today. Don't wait. Discover your purpose. Stop living as a slave to cognitive bias. Know your value and stop outsourcing your responsibility. Until next time, this is Dr. Brian Brown signing off. I'd like to personally thank you for listening to this episode of the Optimal CEO Podcast. I hope you found today's podcast informative and helpful on your personal optimization journey. You see, we love our Optimal CEO entrepreneurs, and thanks to people like you, the Optimal CEO community is growing. You can help us with that continued growth by giving us a like, sharing this podcast with your friends, or subscribing to our podcast feed. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Here's to you being the most physically optimized CEO entrepreneur possible so you can have an even bigger impact on the world through your business. See you next time, and thanks again for listening.